we've got a hoe table. And I'm like, <laughs> just, I don't really want to be like, all the whores are here. All the whores, Jesus, here they are. <laughs> no. You know, Jesus loved whores too. He was down with the prostitutes. <laughs> he was down with everybody, man. Jesus loves the sinners. Come sin with me. Welcome back, one and all. Thank you for listening. If you're new here, this is the Totally Wholesome, Not Dirty podcast, and I'm your host, Molly Stewart. We define wholesome a little differently here, and my guests span everywhere from the adult industry to the vanilla side of humanity. If you haven't, please consider subscribing. Word of mouth is what helps this podcast grow. So share with a friend, leave a comment, download an episode, or anything you can to help with the algorithm. I release episodes every Monday. And if you're subscribed, you'll never miss an episode. You don't want to miss out on all the crazy conversations that evolve here. Um, but that's enough from me, and let's get to today's guest. And I'm sorry if using the Australian accent in the way that I do is offensive to you. No, no, I love it. It's okay, cool. cool. <laughs> Just especially, like, <laughs> when, when I first started dating my man, like, I couldn't do anything Australian accent to mm-hmm. save my life. It all just sounded like really bad British. It's <laughs> funny, like, when I took him to Michigan to go hang out with my dad and brother and stuff, mm-hmm. like, we went to a shooting range because my dad and brother were like, oh, Australian, let's get him shooting the range, you know? <laughs> he's talking and getting signed in for his equipment and it's Michigan, so they've never heard any accent besides maybe the Deep South and redneck. So she was like, oh, are you from, are you from Britain? Are you from the UK? He's just like, yes, I am. <laughs> what are you going to tell him? Oh, God. <clears throat> anyway, welcome back to the Totally Wholesome Not Dirty Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Stewart, and Laura is in the States. So luckily, today I have joining me, Kiara Edwards. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. It, and thank you to my man for providing, once again, these microphones, because otherwise this podcast would not be possible. <laughs> and uh, so as far as performing... Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing it? So I have been in the adult industry 10 years this year. Oh. Yes. And I've been doing uh, content for since 2018. Okay. And I shot my first movie in the States in 2019. Okay. Very Mm. cool. So as far as like being in the industry, how did you start and get into that? Were you kind of like cam model type stuff? No. So I got my first job behind a bar at a strip club and I loved every part of it. I remember (laughs) sitting there and I was like, their makeup, their costumes, the way they move their bodies. So I got smashed one time and was like, I called my boss and like, yo, I'm stripping next week. And he was like, I don't think this is a great idea. (laughs) And I was like, I'm doing it. And I have 10 years going strong and I'm, it was probably one of the best decisions I made for me at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, as far as like stripping, because mm-hmm. that is its own whole thing. Like I actually did a little bit of that before I found webcamming and stripping was like not for me, especially at the time because I was so ashamed of my body for one. Mm-hmm. And just like that whole environment, I think was very like too intense and in person. So how do you find 
the difference? Like, do, did you prefer stripping to content creation or is it just kind of too different to... Oh, it's, it's so different. So I've always loved the performing aspect of it. Um, so I think when, when I strip, I do like, uh, proper shows. So I do like theme shows with costumes. They usually a runoff of one of the scenes that I've done. Um, and it's a lot less, it's over so much quicker when you dance. Yeah. So it's like you're on stage 15 stage. minutes instead of 15 hours in a studio going over the same line. Oh my god. That's, <laughs> that's like one of the one of the worst things because I don't know how how does like dialogue and stuff come to you? Is it is it pretty easy for you to to do dialogue and stuff or um to read anything that's been written for me? I'm atrocious. I'm a very like go with the flow, wing it in the moment, and I'll make it up as I go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, <laughs> so I can read the script. The problem when I was shooting mainstream is the scripts themselves, because they're just, I feel like, like so many of the scenes get like so recycled, or just the things you say are just even written in a way that I'm like, people don't talk like this. And so mm -hmm. in most instances, I'm just like, I feel like I can say the same thing but better, <laughs> like in a yeah. way that like people would normally talk. <laughs> like what, what was your first experience like on a mainstream set like for you? Cause honestly, a lot of people I talk to, like some of them like don't even remember. They're just like, oh, I've done like so many scenes or whatever, or like, oh, it wasn't that much different than, you know, whatever I was doing before. Oh, I was so nervous. And I remember rocking up to set and they handed me this douche. And I remember like sitting in the bathroom shaking and I'm like, what the do I do with this? Ladies and gentlemen, we are back to our first douche stories. This is like a new segment here on the Totally Wholesome Not Dirty Podcast. Because they said now of women is like a douche for what? Like, I, I remember like, because uh, my first I've talked about this too, is like, I definitely didn't know how to do it. So I have, I'm like, okay. Clearly the bottle doesn't go first, so this top part must go first. So I shove that in and I'm squeezing, squeezing, nothing's happening. I'm like, oh, what am I doing wrong? I pull it out with like my pussy on it and I bring it to Holly Randall. I'm like, what do I do? She's like, you have to pull it out till it clicks. Oh, okay. And then you're squirting that shit up there and it's like, and then... I think, you know, just busy day on set and it was like my first scene. So mm -hmm. some of my geeks, um, people were actually there to like meet me and stuff. So I think it was just very hectic. And I wasn't told that you shouldn't use the stuff that's inside of it. Yeah. Which for since this audience is primarily men and you've probably never used a douche in your life. And if you have, I mean, why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the liquid that's typically in there, it burns. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so, yes. And then it dries you out. <laughs> so I squirt the stuff up and it's like burning, which I'm like, I don't know if that's correct. <laughs> and then there's like no natural lubrication yeah. because it just dries it out. So mm -hmm. it's like then you're at a point where it's like, well, of course you need lube. Mm -hmm. But like I felt weird asking for lube, so I didn't ask for lube, and so the fingers going in. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Oh no! It was a great, it was a great like shoot, and it was fun, but definitely douching was horrible, and I don't know why people have to do it for the most part. Like I, yeah. I feel like 
maybe there's some instances with like maybe if you're on your period because we often have to shoot when we're on our period <laughs> which isn't very fun it's no well at least I guess for some people they say they prefer it but not me uh, mm -mm. not for me but it's like you're already so dry and then it's like well I can understand maybe the douching to help get some of the blood out and at least make the insertion of sponges mm -hmm. easier but I don't know douching it because it, it's like what's wrong with how a pussy smells <laughs> like yeah. for the most part as long as you take care of yourself and you're hygienic mm -hmm. and clean pussy has a little bit of a smell but it's just the smell of pussy mm -hmm. and if you don't like the smell of pussy then, then you should, should not be, be face first in <laughs> yeah. one let me tell you because... <laughs> see i found so i when i first went to the states obviously like people don't put into like they don't think about it but because everyone's so different like all their like bacteria everything mm -hmm. so for me going over there i had to every scene because my ph was so off consistently until i found boric acid oh that's amazing but Actually, i feel like girl girl you don't get as many issues there's not as many maybe there's not as much spit i don't know I don't really know. I know that for a while shooting like with mainstream stuff, it's like for girl, girl, which is the only thing I've shot mainstream is that it's scissoring. How do you feel about scissoring? <laughs> um, it looks pretty on camera sometimes, but like it's, <laughs> it's a mission to get into and it's a mission to do. And it's not that much. And it's not like, I mean, let's, let's be honest, breaking some fourth walls shit here. Like it's, like when are you really getting off from scissoring unless you can actually scissor properly where you're like grinding and thrusting mm -hmm. and clenching your legs in such a way that maybe you can but that's not what they want to see on camera they want to see you like whoa i love being here <laughs> <laughs> that's nuts. Like, if there are any women watching who love having sex with women let me know if there is a way that you enjoy scissoring and if it's something that you mm -hmm. do actually do in your day-to-day -day kind of sexual Lives. proclivities and yeah. stuff like that because for me personally like I love having sex with women but I I even prefer eating pussy typically to having other women eat my pussy <laughs> like, yeah and I think that I think that also probably kind of depends on who you're shooting with mm. as well because I feel like a lot of the times not not a lot of the times, but maybe a good 50%. There are women who are definitely not into women who are shooting girl, girl. Mm -hmm. And you can tell by the way that they definitely like lick your inner thigh instead of your clit. And I'm like, you have yeah. one of these, you know where like, it is. Yeah. Come on, I just made you get off. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's, it's all give, no receive, what's going on? Laura. Hi. <laughs> are you excited? Yes. Tell me why you're excited, Laura. We have all the things coming. We have all the things coming. Do you want to tell this lovely audience what hey. things we have coming? Because I am very, very titillated. Well, right can now. I tell you the first thing that's happening? We're yes. going to Bali. We are going to Bali. We're going to go to like the tropical nature, beautiful island. I'm beautiful. so excited. So excited. And we are Can't going to wait. be shooting four episodes there, which will take us all the way through oh. November. Well, I am in Australia, and unfortunately, we'll be separated again. But we get to watch each other every week. Separated, but not. You in my mind. <laughs> We're gonna use our toys. And coming up in the new year, January four through seven, we will be at the ABN Expo show. We have a booth. 
for the, the podcast and for me and my merch so you can yes. come and hang out and meet laura and i so come get excited for that it's january 4 through 7 at resorts world in beautiful las vegas so we hope to be able to see you guys there we are going to be having meet and greets live interviews yes. we are going to have merch all the merch that you guys have yeah. been waiting and wanting to see and buy it's going to be available first at the convention and then we're figuring out some new things for the new year as well so stay tuned um and we hope that you guys will join us at the convention get AVN your tickets show. get your tickets uh there will be a ticket in all of the descriptions whether you're watching on youtube or whether you're listening on an audio platform just check the description for where you can get your tickets we hope to see you there yeah Mwah. As someone who always loves new technology, one question that I have is, why can't tech be cute? But then I discovered Kawaii Lighting, and I realized that it actually can be, and it is, at kawaiilighting.com. These aren't basic ring lights. They stand out. So whether you're looking for RGB to make a statement or want to do something extra cute, like with their cat, heart, or star-shaped lights, kawaiilighting.com has you covered. Get one for yourself. Get one for the cute streamer in your life. Whoever you get one for, use code TWND at checkout or click the affiliate link in the description to let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. Do you know the other thing of Girl Girl that makes no sense to me? The double-ended dodos. Like, there is... You're in these weird positions trying to, like, <laughs> hold it. And you're, like, arching it. I'm like, this is not as sexy. And then... No. It's, it just, it doesn't it's, work. It's always the dildos that they provide on set for double dildo mm-hmm. as well. That it's like, if you hold it like this, it goes like this. And it just flops over. Mm-hmm. If you can get a double dildo that's firm enough, you can go butt to butt yeah. pretty well. I've done that on cam scenes oh. before. But it's like, when there's that much give in the middle, you're kind of just rocking back and forth with like just the tip in both mm-hmm. of you and pretending that you're being penetrated all the way up into your ovaries. Like it's enough. <laughs> I did this. I I did uh, a cam uh, cam show with my friend Marie a couple years ago, and we didn't have a double diddle handy, so we just kind of went to the store and grabbed the first one that we could. But typically, you know, if you buy them in the store, they're kind of like in the plastic casing. You can't really tell what their consistency is until you pull them out. So we get into the part of the show where we offer double dildo, and it was definitely, it was sad. (laughs) We're trying to rock back and forth. It keeps like falling out of either of us. We're trying, we're just laughing at this point, just trying to get it to stay in one of our vaginas, (laughs) much less two. Like maybe we should just fuck each other with it. Like, it's not. So, I don't know. It's funny. What what do you prefer as far as girl-girl? Like, are you more of a giver or receiver when it comes to oral? Oh. I guess it, it varies so much, though. Like, it really depends if what kind of mood I'm in mm-hmm. um, and who the person is. Yeah, that's true. And, and the thing with mainstream, too, it's why I definitely now prefer and kind of always have preferred especially being a cam girl and stuff Mm. first is being able to pick the people that you perform with and shoot with and in mainstream you can give a no list but even if you give like an i wish list you don't necessarily get those people and so you sometimes don't even know until you show up on set who you're going to be performing with and then it's kind of like well do you do you jive from the makeup chair already because i've had situations where it's like you're in makeup, the other performer comes in, or vice versa, and you try to like have a conversation, but they're definitely more interested in their phone than anything that you have to say. And I'm yeah. like, 
I'm like, I barely know your name, and I'm about to be, like, face first in your snatch. So can we, like, have, like, a little bit of conversation first? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> it'd be nice to know, like, anything, like, like a color, like, where yeah. you live, anything. Or, I don't know, what you would like me to do to you. <laughs> like, I don't want to just know what you don't want me to do to you. Like, tell me what you would yeah. like me to do to you. Because, like, I'm here for it. I'm mm-hmm. here. This could be a 12 to 16-hour day. I want us to both enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still remember, so the worst no list situation I ever got put on was me and this girl, we were doing a three-way scene. And me and her rock up, we're in the makeup chair, and all of a sudden the male talent comes in. She pulls me aside and she's like, baby, he's on my no list. Like, I refuse to shoot with him. So she's in my ear. And then as soon as I come out, he pulls me aside and's doing the same thing. So every time one of them walked off, the other one would be in my ear about how they hate the other person. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have sex with both of you in a situation where I know no one wants to be here. Like, you, and both, it's uncomfortable. you both hate each other and I'm yeah. right here in the middle. It's like when your parents are fighting. Yeah, that's what it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i think it was a step-parent scene too, like just to make it oh my god that's perfect because we're all that shit like my mom whispering in my ear about my dad and my dad not understanding anything and then just making passive comments about my mom and i love my parents but it's a good thing they're not together anymore but it's definitely the same kind of thing it's it's hard even like um with having like friends in the industry who you maybe knew them both individually, but had no idea of any backstory between them. And then it's like, you will maybe just bring up passively like, oh, I hung out or I shot content with so-and-so. Well, let me tell you. And I'm like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Don't drag me to this, please. I'm too old for drama. I left that behind on my free camps. Ignorance is is bliss. bliss. Although I guess there there have been situations, and not even necessarily with <clears throat> performers having issues with each other, but sometimes the things that you don't necessarily want to hear can help prevent you from having similar situations with other people, whether it's videographers, photographers, talents, any mm. of that kind of stuff. At least it can help you maybe have a more educated understanding of the situation before you enter it. Yeah. If you're if you're still going to go through with that anyway and kind of make your own assumptions Judge, out of that yeah and know but. what you should be looking out for mm-hmm. so I know in in the states I felt like everyone was a little more open with other performers and stuff mm-hmm. but I found here in Australia we've been going through a thing at the moment which I'm finding super problematic for that reason okay so we have obviously some shitty people in the industry like any industry in the world yeah they're always going to be there But what's happening is, is a couple of like the more established performers have said, if you shoot with this person, you're on every, like anyone that shoots with you is automatically out of the massive shoot circle. And it's like some of these girls, like I watch girls come in and they'll shoot their first like one scene with a guy and then the whole industry will be like, nope, you shot with him, you can't shoot with us. And it's like, how did she, how is she how supposed is she to know supposed that? How is she supposed to know? Yeah, that's, that's pretty messed up. That's not, see, that's, that's one of the things that I've found, especially branching more into different aspects of, I guess, the sex worker, adult entertainer community is mm-hmm. that it can be a community if you find the right people Mm -hmm. and it's like it's one of the reasons that I enjoy basically having this podcast platform is I know that it is predominantly men and of course fans and stuff and fans of either me or the performers that I have on who listen 
However, I know that I've received a few emails from either other performers or different cam models who it's like, mm -hmm. I knew you. And I think that this is actually basically a good way to bring sort of a lot of information about the industry out that mm -hmm. either maybe they weren't aware of or things that they think could help other people. And it's like, this is, <laughs> it's, it's a, a job or business like any other. It's like you said, there's shitty people no matter where you work, no matter what your job or career is, there's just shitty people. That's that's the world. But it's like, especially in a job that is focused around your body and sex, like the most intimate things that we're just like, oh, let's put that on display for the world. It's like you should have people in your corner who care about that. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's definitely difficult, especially if you are a new performer, to kind of know who you can trust or the things that you should be looking mm. for. Because especially new performers, it's very much like everyone, especially if there's someone who I think people could potentially think will be very popular, it's very easy for those people to get taken taken advantage mm -hmm. of because it's like, well, I'm going to hype you up and tell you all the things that you want to hear and, and tell you how I think that you should do best in a way that will benefit me. Yeah. And that's very difficult to yeah. know going into it if you don't have like a good support system or a good kind of platform to look at and draw from other people with experiences to share that you could potentially avoid in your own career yeah and it's and it is important to share those kinds of things because like there's so much misinformation out there and it's like you said there are some really good people out there still I mm -hmm. think and I found with me it took me a long time before I could find my circle that I could trust, especially in the States. And I found a lot of things happened in my situation that would be unethical in the work state, uh, workplace that we worked in. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started talking to like other producers and directors and other performers that I started realizing that the things that people were making me say and do on set weren't really in line with what with mm -hmm. the guidelines were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it's easy, especially if you don't know. It's like, well, you think... So um, it kind of also comes back to, like, when I first started shooting mainstream, I was very mm -hmm. much, like... I was kind of using it at the time to take a little bit of a break and a step back from camming. I was having a bad stalker situation going on, problems with my ex at the time and all that. And so I was very much like, oh, I'm a contract performer. Like, I want to make sure everybody's happy and make sure that I keep this and blah, 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 because, you know, whatever. I really felt like I needed that. Mm -hmm. Not realizing that part of the reason that I was chosen as a contract performer in the first place is that I had already built up my brand through doing whatever it was that I was doing on mm -hmm. my own and that I had decided to do. So um, as far as you were talking about like pH differences and stuff like that. So getting back to scissoring, a lot of scissoring just slapping your vagina around. <laughs> and even, you know, like some performers don't douche and that's totally cool, but they also don't necessarily keep, keep themselves situation. clean yeah situated so not talking like stis stds mm -hmm. whatever but i'm talking i got a very sensitive little hoo-ha and i started getting like bacterial like i don't know like yeast infection type thing like vaginosis or mm -hmm. whatever and it reached the point that it was painful because i was shooting like between four to five scenes a month and every single one was like had a scissoring finale mm -hmm. and I was so nervous and afraid at first to even reach out to be like hey let's cut back on the scissoring because my vagina doesn't appreciate it yeah. and so I'd go through all these periods of like oh my god my fucking pussy 
those hairs for no reason. <laughs> I didn't even get off from the scissoring goddamn. <laughs> and then once once I kind of made that known that hey, the scissoring just isn't really working for me, and I think that there are a lot of other cool positions that I can utilize that don't mm -hmm. necessarily have to be scissoring, at least for every scene, maybe once a month, mm -hmm. you know, or something like that, or kind of you know cheated a little in a way that we're not super swapping juices all the time. Yeah, you know I mean? like there's other ways to get around this, and. When that was pitched to like producers and stuff like that, like via my contacts with Mind Geek, which were very cool and supportive, like I had no reason to like be nervous of bringing this this to them. I just was, mm -hmm. and um, it definitely got to the point with some producers though, where I they would be like, "Yeah, we're gonna fi finish this with scissoring," and I was like, "No," mm -hmm. like per my conversation with them, like I I'm not required to scissor. Yeah, and they would not necessarily be like you have to, but be like you know, implying backhandedly that I should be and that that's what they wanted to finish. And, and many, it was not a majority of producers, by the way, a majority of them were very chill with it. So when yeah. I would get that kind of feedback from some producer, I'm like, oh, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> because you know that you don't need this. You yeah. know that other people aren't requiring it. And so you're just wanting me to do something that's outside of my comfort zone, something that is negatively affecting my actual fucking body that you don't have to live in. Mm -hmm. So it's very much like I always. <laughs> it's somewhere. There's <laughs> 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 a little bug. Anyway. Um, but it's very much something that I definitely reiterate to people all the time and many guests on here have. It's like, no matter what it is that you're comfortable with doing and whatever it is that you're not, you owe it to yourself to be very steadfast with anyone because you are not required to do anything on set, Yeah. you know? And it's like, and if you are in a, and if you're put into a position where someone is implying that you should or forcing you to do something that you don't want to do, or basically telling you that you won't get work if you don't mm. walk, it's going to be so much better for not only your body, but your mental. And one yeah. of the huge things, like, especially when this job is so related to our bodies and how we look and how we have sex, basically, it's like, there's already so much mental anguish and shit going on in there because mm -hmm. No matter what you do, you're being judged on something. And I know that that's just life and that's just the internet. But especially when it comes to you and your body and your yeah. person, it's like that is so easy to take to heart and to get down on yourself for, which is like if anyone, whether it's like your partner putting you, even if you're not in the industry, mm. if you even have a partner, and I did, who is actively putting you into, especially sexual situations that you do not want to be in, run. Go. Because yeah. that person does not fucking care about you. They don't care about your mental well-being. They don't care about your physical well-being except for what your body can do for them. And you should be focused on what you can do for your body and your own mental health. And you should basically mm -hmm. be around people who support that, mm -hmm. especially in an industry like this or anything involving, you know, sex. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was – when I went in to do my uh, – when I started doing Boy Girl – I was, I think, 25 at the time. So I was substantially older and I remember getting pushed and pushed and pushed to do things. And mm -hmm. I, if you put your foot in the ground, like mm -hmm. I remember them telling me all this stuff. They're like, you'll never get booked again by this company. You'll never work here. You'll never do this. You'll never do that. And that never happened. Mm -hmm. I think it's really sad when I see the younger girls come in and they don't realize that they can have boundaries and they mm -hmm. can put themselves first before anything because at the end of the day 
if you're not there mentally and in a mentally stable and happy and safe place, it can be a very volatile situation and it can be very yes scary. Yes, it mm. can be terrifying. And then you're mm. just, and then it's like, it's, it's all that thing. Like once you give them an inch, they take a mile. So it's like if you back down from something that you're already not comfortable with, it's like, well, then they they just see you as someone who they can push around the next time and maybe get a little bit more out of you. And and eventually it's like people have taken so much of you that you don't feel like you have anything left. And I say that from the experience, not of what this industry has done for me, but something that was very perpetuated by my ex, especially like sexually. And people can say whatever they want about this industry, but all the sexual trauma that I experienced was not from this industry, mm. if anything, it put me in touch with people who were very much like, well, you shouldn't be forced to do the things that you're doing off camera. You shouldn't be put into those situations. And it wasn't until meeting other people who had been through similar things that I was like, oh, okay, I can say no. I can, mm -hmm. you know, do those things. And even if <laughs> I would have situations where even if I, I said no, like, that, well, then it's, then it's a fight. And then it's, you know, what a horrible person you are. And why don't you care about what I need sexually? And it's like, nothing that I ever needed or wanted sexually was ever taken care of. So yeah. it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, you just, oh, fuck, I say that too much. I'm sorry, guys. I have to make a t-shirt at this point. At the end of the day. Oh my God, I hate myself. But not nearly as much as I used to, but still a little bit. I think a little self-loathing is healthy. Yeah. It drives you forward to succeed. Yes. And be better. But, um... <clears throat> Yeah, so I don't remember where I was going with that. But basically, don't let people fucking push you around. Yeah. Because because that's another thing, too, is <laughs> people who consume pornography or content creation, even if you're someone that's, you know, kind of just maybe only you do solo stuff or whatever, don't let mm -hmm. fan, like, don't let fans push you around either. Because I've let, I've let that happen as well. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, like, if you stick to your guns and you know what you enjoy doing, then even if you want to explore those other things down the road, it's you making that decision. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who's going to like rain on your fucking parade, there are 50 other people who love whatever it is that you're doing and whatever it is you're putting out. And especially working for companies, most consumers of especially mainstream porn aren't necessarily a fan of the company. They're a fan of the performer. You just mm. happen to be shooting for that company. Companies need you to make the content. You know, people who are sitting on a board of directors aren't going to suddenly start taking it in the ass because, you know, like, they'll find you somebody. You said no then. I know. Yeah. Well, I better bend over. <laughs> like, Is that no. soap on the ground? <laughs> oh, no. Step, bro, no. Step, exact, no. The guy in the background, arch your back, arch your back, arch, arch your back. back. <laughs> Come on, arch your back like a real whore. <laughs> performers mm -hmm. and for everything that you're not willing to do there is someone else who that's their fucking thing and they would mm -hmm. love to do that so you don't have to feel obligated to do what you're not comfortable with and eventually if you reach a point that you want to do that fine go do it mm -hmm. try it out but honestly one of the best ways that you're going to get the most out of a job in this industry is to do what makes you feel comfortable because when you're happy and comfortable, that comes through more in your content and to your fans. Than I almost <laughs> got, it. Oh, got it. Oh, we got it. <laughs> oh, I didn't. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Cut. <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs>
Anyway. Yeah, so we're back. So anyway. Serious again. <laughs> we've, we've returned to this very serious conversation. <laughs> but it's basically like, shooting for mainstream is great. Mm. And it, whatever company that is, especially some company that is more well-known, is great for advertising yourself to an audience that mm. might not have otherwise known about you. But you don't need the companies. As soon mm. as you start getting the fan base, it's like, make your own content. Shoot with the mm. performers you want to shoot with. Shoot with the videographers that you want to shoot with. Mm-hmm. Get a new fucking iPhone, because they're absolutely amazing, and shoot your own content from home if you want to. Because it's like, you don't need, need anyone else. If you have content that is available to your fans, they will want to get it from you more than they'll want to get it from a company. Especially, like, I, it's one of those things, too. When you shoot for a company, it's great. And it's good promotion, and it can be mm-hmm. a great experience, and it's good to have those connections. But you get paid once. You never see anything. It's not like the old days of porn. You get fucking royalties for doing mm. a movie. It's not like that. You get a one-time fee, and you never see that. You never see any more money from it again. It's not mm. like five years down the road you can be like, "Hey, can I start selling this scene on my OnlyFans?" No, <laughs> it's there yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. So you basically got paid for some advertising of yourself. So it's like definitely utilize those connections you make on set. Like I've even employed um, videographers, you know, or or photographers from set to shoot content Mm. for me, you know, off set. And that's great. And it's good to have those connections and to meet other performers that way. But Mm. long past, I think, is the idea. And I think that COVID season kind of proved Mm -hmm. to a lot of people, especially with platforms like OnlyFans or LoyalFans or Fansly or whatever, platform that you're on that you do have the ability to actually draw from your fan base and you don't necessarily need those companies especially Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. you know and I think that if that should prove to anyone that mainstream needs you more than you need them so don't let them trample on you you know it's not worth it yeah I agree how do you find different like so shooting in Australia versus like in the states and as far as like acceptance goes because i've talked to a few <clears throat> content creators or performers here who have basically said that they feel like they can't kind of talk about what it is that they do or that it's very like not accepting like i even have a friend who teaches like pole classes and stuff mm-hmm. and even that is like frowned upon like it's you know bad bad juju and it's just like she's not even stripping it's just pole dancing you know and people yeah it's I think it really depends on where in Australia you live as a whole I feel everyone's a lot more relaxed Mm -hmm. um in the Gold Coast tell everyone but if you went to like Sydney or like any other city I would be hesitant to bring Mm -hmm. that up to someone out of the blue yeah it's Mm. it's interesting like I feel like people, especially, well, probably because I've mostly only experienced the States, are very much like, you know, we're so demonized and blah, 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 blah. But I feel like, especially after talking to performers from other parts of the world, is that we have it so fucking good like, oh, in the yeah. States compared to anything else. And that <clears throat> it's like one of the one of the things about this job, too, is that. it's like people forget it's like no matter what it is that you're doing in life Mm -hmm. no matter what it is that you wear or the things that you say there's always going to be people who don't fucking like you that's just that's just how it is Mm -hmm. but if this job was so beloved right Mm -hmm. it 
you wouldn't make as much money doing mm-hmm. it as fucking everybody would do it. Yeah. And then it's like an oversaturation. It's like, it's one of those things that because it is a little more niche and it's definitely not for everybody, mm. there's definitely like a benefit to that because there isn't an oversaturation in the market and mm. it is something that is kind of more taboo. So it's behind the scenes. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I feel like it, that kind of also can put people in like this, victim mindset like mm. just assuming that everybody hates you based on based on the job that you have it's like well there's always yeah. going to be people that hate you based on whatever job it is that you have but especially something that you're taking off your clothes you're going to get hate for it mm-hmm. you should know that <laughs> you should know yeah. that going into oh it. yes you know what i mean yeah i don't know but yeah i think it's i found that in the states when i was out there there was 10 times more support so we had like the pineapple, what's it called? Yeah, um, I've heard of that. The I, I know what you're talking Cinnamon about, pineapple. pineapple, fuck. It's it's basically like a like a mental health like reach out program, mm-hmm. like pineapple support or something like that. Yeah. I'll probably try to look it up and give it to David if he reminds me. But it's, <laughs> but it's if you search like pineapple sex workers, I'm sure something will come up. Well, maybe that will be the wife swap thing because I think pineapple is <laughs> also for swingers. <laughs> But I think that there is definitely a decent network of, of people, especially in the industry, who, who do want to be able to help performers kind of recognize that it's like, well, you don't have to do it all alone. You don't have to shoulder all of, you know, whatever hate it is that you're getting or whatever pressure that you're getting from other people. Mm-hmm. Like, there are other people who have experienced that and who do want to help you and who do want to help, like, prop you up, which is definitely, definitely cool to have because mental health is definitely... A problem everywhere and in every industry from everybody that I've talked yeah. to but once again it's a job about your body and about sex and intimate acts and all that kind of stuff so of course there's going to be a lot more judgment and a lot more self-internalization of any sort of hate that you get when it's based off of you and not just like you know how well you do your desk job you know yeah. what I mean so yeah um so as far as like work that's Mm -hmm. outside of the industry have you had like other jobs before you did that so between um doing sex work I've definitely taken breaks I was Mm -hmm. a PA oh really um I did uh when they were doing Hollywood movies out here Mm because we film a lot um I was living on the Gold Coast and I got a PA job for three months oh cool so much fun yeah yeah like a lot of a lot of work yeah for sure. Like there's even so much that goes into just like, <laughs> just like a porn set day where you have mm-hmm. to pack in and pack out in one day that I can't even imagine for like an actual like film or TV series or something yeah. like that. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. They were very, it was the longest. I just, I don't remember ever having five minutes to myself for those three months. I just remember it was always like something. Yeah. yeah. But I bet that actually helped you kind of when it, comes to the job that you're in now mm-hmm. kind of knowing how things on set run and should run and even probably as far as do you do a lot of your your own content creation you said yeah, as well like yeah. on your own yeah well I actually um so I've got a little bit of a background in production so when I was younger I was in church and I was always trained with a production team so now I've been able to like put that over to my content which wait, has wait, been okay great. I'm curious you were in church <laughs> I was and you were trained with the production team what kind of productions does church put on? Because I, oh, I was, I was mm-hmm. also grew up in church. 
I'm not in church anymore. Are you in church anymore? No. Okay, well, Jesus loves porn stars too. <laughs> Do you know, it's actually funny. So my old church, since I've become Kiara when I went over to the States, they started sending me personalized. So I got told when I first started sex work, I wasn't allowed back. And then now I get personalized invites to events and they're like, we'll pay for your ticket. And I'm like, I don't really know if I want to like do that they, now. Wait, wait. They like, so ask Kiara Edwards. Yeah. And they then they're like, and- yeah. And they go, don't worry. We've got a hoe table. And I'm like, <laughs> just, I don't really want to be like, all the whores are here. All the whores. Jesus, here they are. <laughs> no. You know, Jesus loved whores too. He was down with the prostitutes. He was down with everybody, man. Jesus loves the sinners. Come sin with me. Laura, is the desert hot? <laughs> As hell. As hell. Some may, some may feel run down in the heat of summer. Do you ever feel run down? Yeah, every day. Do you ever feel like you just don't want to get out of bed? <laughs> I mean, sometimes like it's difficult it's, t- it's that hot you stopped, you're miserable you, you stopped drinking coffee laura where will you get your energy <laughs> how will you keep your skin it's been hard how will you it's keep your been... skin so dewy it's and beautiful it's hard it's really hard. It's hard i gotta drink a lot of water you have to drink so much water and then you have to pee always. all the time i'm running to the bathroom like constantly all the time. yeah you're always peeing <laughs> but you never feel fully hydrated never <sighs> With this heat, how can you, like, I mean, you how said... Do, how do you do it? Laura, I have good news for you. Did you know that one sick of liquid IV, when dissolved in 16 ounces of water, hydrates better and faster than water alone? Damn. Would you like to try some liquid IV? I would, actually. Which flavor would you like? They have provided us pina colada. Ooh! They have... Golden Cherry, highly recommend one of my personal favorites. That sounds good. They have acai berry um, and also passion fruit, which I have already begun using, as well as the golden cherry. Damn. Uh, let's do the golden cherry. That sounds let's really do good. It. Open the package, Laura. Do you like the packaging? I love it. This it's is really my cool. favorite color. I really like it. This is great. I mean, and it's slim, so you mm-hmm. can stack your you can cabinets. Just slide it right in. <laughs> slide it right in with liquid IV. All right, let's do this. I mean, don't. I mean, I don't know. All right. <laughs> so the whole thing, right? Yeah. yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. And luckily for us, I have a spoon. So that. <laughs> Luckily. What I prefer to do is to put it in my blender bottle and just, mm, that's how I start my mornings actually, because I am always dehydrated. Mm, I do it before I even have my coffee in the morning. True story. Literally every morning here in Vegas, especially during the summer. So Laura, let me know what you think of Golden Cherry. Oh, nice. It's become my personal favorite. Thanks. Cheers, everyone. Dude, that is good. That is really good. And it's not sweet, like, but it has a good flavor. You Mm -hmm. could definitely taste the cherry in that. Like, Mm. that's so good. So highly recommend Golden Cherry. Delicious. If you guys go to liquidiv.com, 
and use code TWND at checkout, um, you will save. You you will save. You will save. Hi, this is David with a quick interruption, real quickly. Liquid IV still on, still great, still doing its thing. Same code, TWND, all that stuff, but save fifteen percent when you use the code TWND podcast. You might be dehydrated. You might be. You'll never know unless you try. <laughs> so, Laura, can we tell them a little bit more about Liquid IV? Yeah, I would love to. I, I mean, mean, you'd never heard of it before, but um, <laughs> you just have these cards here that are just so useful for our visual uh, viewers. So, Liquid IV has three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, which is just phew, electrolytes. It's what plants crave. All right. Yeah. What else? Vitamins. <laughs> B3, B5, B6, B12, all of the best Bs, and vitamin C, which you need because people be getting sick. So don't get don't get sick. Use vitamins. Yeah. I mean, yes. you might still get sick, but you might get sick less. You might. All right. It's non-GMO. It's free from gluten. Oh, gluten's so scary. Dairy, which is fantastic because why would you mix dairy? <laughs> With water. With <laughs> water. <laughs> It's also great for those who are lactose intolerant like me. And, you know, you can confidently say that the dairy that is lacking from liquid IV sticks is just tremendously saving for your butthole. And I know that you guys relate. Liquid IV has also donated. They are trying to change the world, guys. They're trying to change the world. They're trying to hydrate the world. They have donated over 20 million servings globally. That's like so many more than 2 million. We love so you. many more. It's 20 million. That's crazy. So thank you, Liquid IV. If you guys want to experience better hydration today, then you should go to liquidiv.com and you can save 15% off on all the stuff, all the, 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 the flavors like, like pineapple. Pineapple sounds good. I like the watermelon. The watermelon's great. If you don't like watermelon, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, okay. Yeah. But okay, so sorry. Productions, because oh, yeah. I it was in like choir and stuff like Ooh. that, but. Jesus loves me this. Anyway, but as far as productions, <laughs> what, what did that look like? So I was pretty hopeless at everything. <laughs> <laughs> but because I was small and like all I wore was black at that point and I would like have the little roving camera and it's like this huge like this was you know 15 years ago so it was this huge big camera that like I could barely hold up it's like and your I'm, entire like, body weight along, <laughs> and I'm like taking photos <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing was it like for like did was it like a televised church thing or? some of them yeah so yeah. i did some big events um i think the biggest i did was about four thousand people oh wow yeah i got i got really lucky that's, yeah. that's really that's crazy yeah so okay you were like all black were you were you very like emo goth in mm -hmm. high school too girl emo goth <laughs> christian girls here we are <laughs> That's funny. I actually like um, well before I was ever taking photos of myself nude. Mm -hmm. I was very much in the mindset of like I'm going to be a photographer and or do something with film. So that's <laughs> I remember like when I was younger, I 
I had the option to get either like a cell phone mm-hmm. for a birthday or a digital camera. And I was like, digital camera. I don't have fucking friends who I'm going to call on a cell phone. And <laughs> I would do like these horrible, they are well and truly deleted from the internet by this point. Trust me, when I started in this industry, I scrubbed You're everything like, that I could ever find. But I would make like my own music videos to Evanescence songs. Stop. I need to see these now. I'm like... They're gone. <laughs> I had them on a hard drive at one point, but I think it's over the years. It was, maybe there's a hard drive with them floating around somewhere. Someone, I don't will, have... like, someone will find one one day and they'll be like, what's this? Yeah. And it's just going to be you. Like... It was like when I was... I wasn't allowed to wear makeup, but I didn't really want to. But for productions, of course, you have to wear makeup. So I would steal my mom's, like, eyeliner. And I'm talking, I look like a fucking raccoon for all of these. <laughs> just, like, the thickest black eyeliner. Like, just, you know, lip syncing to freaking all these songs and just really feeling them. Because I knew what pain was. I didn't fucking have any idea until my 20s, let me tell you. <laughs> oh my god i remember we used to do like funniest home video once oh my god mm-hmm. i was a very so when i was young young i was a very i've always been a tomboy so i'm always like yes. play footy like let's go girl i love you <laughs> i'm so <laughs> in love with you right now <laughs> sorry laura someone new sorry we can share, <laughs> we can share. <laughs> um and we used to tie people like i used to love knots okay so this was i've never done shibari but i feel like that's the next is it shibari yeah okay cool i was like am i thinking of the place nope, where they flick the food at you you tie the nuts <laughs> I think that's it's <laughs> <laughs> but you know what would be really fun mm-hmm. is to get you all done up in shibari and then have a hibachi person <laughs> Just... you have to catch it but while you're tied up <laughs> that'd be so funny <laughs> <laughs> i think we need to make this happen <laughs> so do i Oh my god, the mental image. Okay, so sorry, you're into knots. So, I used to tie my sisters up and then they'd jump out, we'd jump out of trees. Tied up? Yeah. Okay. And film it. To just see what happened. I don't know. I was like, that harness looks, I used to watch you, like, yeah. videos online and I'd be like, those harnesses look easy to make, and I used yeah, to makeshift them. Oh, wow. And to be fair, never had an accident. Oh, that's good. Um, my sister fell out once without the, With the without it attached. Oh, yeah. So, but other than that, we yeah. got very lucky. That's that's crazy. I've, yeah. the, the, I don't know what was wrong with me when I was a kid, but, like, I felt like I was a monkey. Like, mm-hmm. I would just go and ride my bike or rollerblade to, like, the, the local parks, which in Michigan, I was, like, suburbs, but not really, like, rural. How do you say that? Rural? rural? I hate that word. Rural suburbs. <laughs> I'd go out and just, like, climb the tallest trees to see how far I could get up. And I'm surprised that I'm not dead now, to be honest, because I remember once getting up to the very top of this tree and the wind starts blowing. And so the trunk is going like this as I'm up there. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get down from this? <laughs> like, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. Like, were you very, like, I know that things are so much different now. Mm-hmm. And uh, how old are you? 
28. 28. Okay. So more, more closer to my age than some people <laughs> that I talk to. Cause sometimes I'm like, you know, back in the day when we were children, they're like, I'm 22. I was like, Oh God. Okay. Yeah. I just turned 31. So. <laughs> Happy birthday. Well, thank you. <laughs> but, um, were you kind of, I guess kind of unparented? Cause I feel like looking back, like mm. I was homeschooled as well, but Ooh. my mom didn't really school us. I mean, I love my mom, but she didn't want to homeschool us, and so it was kind of like, here's the books, learn, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so I could just go out and just be gone all day. No one would have any freaking idea what I was up to or the things oh. that I was doing. Like, was that kind of your situation, or were you? They were like helicopter parents. Yeah. So my parents, they never really, they were very strict on everything. So I was brought up unvaccinated, mostly vegan. Um, we never had dairy. Well, they and call those, was... like, the crunchy granola parents now or something yeah. like that. Yeah, like... Um, yeah, so we didn't even have television. Oh. We didn't have a microwave, nothing. It was mm. very... I think that's why we got in so much trouble as kids. Because <laughs> <laughs> my parents would be like... My mum used to work from home, so she'd just go into her little working zone mm-hmm. and we'd just run amok. Yeah. Jump out of trees. <laughs> well, see, that's the that's thing is, like... So my parents, uh, growing up religious, mm-hmm. they were very strict too, like mm-hmm. on the surface. But it was only strict if something was found out, because it's like, yeah. it, it it's like there were all these you must do things this way and it must be this mm-hmm. way and these are the rules to follow. But it's like, where were they for the most part to see if you were jumping Doing out of trees things. or yeah. like any of the other kind of random shit that I ended up doing or anything. And it's like, well, it's not illegal unless you get caught. <laughs> like, <laughs> when I was a kid, I I had a, a girlfriend and we were super into like the whole Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys thing. Mm-hmm. We convinced ourselves that this evil old lady in the neighborhood had somebody upstairs in her house because there was this like weird glow. I think I might've told this on the podcast before in a very early episode, but Kara's never heard it. So listen again. And, um, there was this weird glow from the upstairs room and she would just scream at all the children in the neighborhood. Like her house, where we were set up, it wasn't, there wasn't really fences for the most part. So you could kind of cut through her yard to get to the local school, which had like an open playground and stuff like that. And she would scream at anyone who ever like passed through her yard. So when you're a kid, you're like, there's, she's evil. There's something wrong with her. And we convinced ourselves that there was this mystery to solve. We broke into her house. (laughs) No. And what was the light? I would need to know now. It was an aquarium. <laughs> like, Did you save the fish? <laughs> <laughs> it was this thing like, so, and we had watched her, like we were staking it out. Like she left, right? So we get into the house, we're like looking through stuff. But we didn't realize that she, like, I guess someone from her family was over but they heard someone come in the house so they ended up hiding in one of the rooms thinking that it was them we were like eight nine like it what are we gonna do but they were terrified so they called the police police ended up showing up to my mom's house hours later after we had like realized it's an aquarium and we're like all right let's get the fuck out of here and go back home but she had watched us i guess from whatever room she was in run this direction and recognized us from the neighborhood so we got this very firm talking to like but it's all that kind of stuff and then it's like my mom of course flipped out but it's like well if you had known where I was (laughs) it probably wouldn't have happened (laughs) like 
I don't know, but I think there's I think there's something to that as well where it's kind of like despite the rules you go and you you're still making your own way and there's some sort of kind of resilience and self-sufficiency to kind of be made from that you know it's, it's sometimes I go around the shops now and I see kids who are like 10 years old and they are being pushed around by their parents in fucking strollers I was like by the mm-hmm. time I was walking they were yeah pushing. it was like okay now you gotta make dinner for yourself and now you gotta fucking do all everything yeah. but it has to be by our guidelines mm-hmm. and like the one time we catch you not following them yeah I taught myself to cook because my mom wanted breakfast in the mornings that she was sick and my brother was sick when I was a kid. And I I had to be like seven making eggs on the open fire stove. (laughs) Like (laughs) nothing happened, but it's like it's all that kind of little shit. And it's all like little learning experiences to learn to kind of like be self-sufficient. Like I can't imagine if I was 10 years old being pushed around in a fucking stroller where I would be now. (laughs) Like probably still living with that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think there has to be, like, some adversity in life. And I see all this stuff now, too, of, like, you know, people kind of railing back against the what doesn't kill you makes you stronger thing. Like, Mm. well, you shouldn't have to suffer. And it's like, there is always going to be suffering in Mm -hmm. some aspect of life. And if you don't learn how to deal with it when you're young, how the fuck are you going to manage it when you're a fully developed adult? 100%. And that's, but that's what life is. Like, and I think we hold ourselves accountable so much now, and especially the internet. Like, what you could say 10 years ago, you couldn't say now. Mm-hmm. And people are holding themselves. Like, people will bring stuff up and you're like, "Yeah, that person was a completely different human back then. It was a different kind yeah. of life back then. Yeah. Like, we're forever making mistakes and growing and changing. And yeah. that's how we become the person we're meant to be at the end of the day. Exactly. And it's like, and if you can't, like recognize that something was bad so say that you are the same person that you were 10 years ago well okay like I think in most instances you're a piece of shit (laughs) because like because there has to always be room for growth and you have to be a person that's basically like has the ability to recognize things in yourself that maybe aren't that great like none of us are fucking perfect I think that was one of the biggest things with therapy for me I believe it was like on I don't know if you're a fan of comedians and stuff, but I love Taylor Tomlinson and I believe it's something similar. Don't quote me or whatever, but it's basically like therapy isn't about you going to someone and them telling you what a piece of shit you are. Therapy is going to someone and you telling them what a piece of shit you Mm -hmm. are. And it's kind of like having this ability to recognize the things in yourself that do need change Mm -hmm. and do need change, do need changing and like things and aspects of yourself that you don't like that maybe you aren't addressing in ways that are positive for growth, you know, because nobody, nobody is perfect. Like Mm. literally zero person is perfect. You can make incredible changes to your life and you can learn so many things but if you kind of like stop at a point that you're like well i'm great there's nothing wrong with me then you're a fucking narcissist a hundred percent and you're forever growing and changing i remember mm-hmm. so when i was um 18 i got engaged maybe it was just before i turned 18 and we were very involved with the church at the time so we did all of like the couple counseling thing before they'd approve you to get married Mm, and um I remember a pastor turning around to us and saying you should look at multiple different people from your life and pick one trait out of all of them that you like and adopt that onto yourself rather than picking one person to idolize Mm -hmm. because you're going to get their shit whereas you should be creating your own yeah 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 for sure and it's definitely easy like to to pick up things like 
from childhood. And I, I have people tell me, you know, sometimes all the time or we'll leave comments on podcast episodes where it's like, especially ones where I do talk about therapy or mental health and all that. Well, I am the way I am and that's not going to change at this point. I'm too old. It's like if you if that is your mindset, that is so detrimental yeah. to your life. It's not a good thing because you know, you're not dead yet. If that's if that's if that's your mentality, I'm this way and I can't ever change. Then you might as well just die because mm-hmm. it's like there's people always say that life is short. But I don't believe that. Like, life is so short. Life is fucking long. Mm-hmm. And you only get one. Unless, you know, you believe you come back as a cow or whatever people believe with whatever different religion that you have. That's totally fine. Or you go to heaven or whatever. Not shitting on religion. I just don't personally have it. So in, in my, you know, aspect, or say that you even believe in heaven, right? That eventually you go to this place where you live in utopian bliss forever. That's not your life here. And if that is what you believe, then shouldn't you try to make the life that you currently have as valuable to you and to the other people around you as possible while you are here? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, barring something like, oh, you know, people that do unfortunately die before people think that they should or before they expect to, that's horrible and that's tragic. But you should also be able to look at those instances and be like, well, they didn't expect that to end. Mm -hmm. Like shouldn't I be trying to live my life to the absolute fullest that I can mm-hmm. and be the best possible version of myself that I can and kind of try to help other people with that that mm-hmm. I care about or even help myself to a point where I feel like I'm comfortable talking about these things with other people or sharing the things that I've learned with other people because, you know, no matter how much we learn or how much we, we grow, we're still not we're still not perfect. And People, people think often, I think, that it's like, well, I'm miserable now, so I just have to find a way to, like, make myself happy, and, and then I'll be fine. But life isn't just, life isn't heaven. <laughs> it's, it, we're, humans aren't meant to just live in this utopic state of bliss forever. And somebody that's happy all the fucking time, I don't trust that person, because they're just lying to themselves. Like, you're never going to be happy all the time. Life is about the pursuit of happiness because there are moments in our life that make us happy. There are moments and things that we do and accomplish and people that we meet that we find to be rewarding, but without any adversity and without anything negative, it nothing would be any different. There would be no appreciation for mm-hmm. those good things or those amazing interactions or yeah. things like that, you know? You'd need the contrast to be mm-hmm. able to, without the shit, you can't see the good. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's so true. And, you know, I used to I used to just think that as well, like, you know, oh, I'm depressed. Here are all these horrible things in my life that I can't change and that will never change. And this will just be what everything is forever. But it's not that way. My life is completely different. My entire outlook on life is completely different than it was even just three years ago when (laughs) I spent a majority of my 20s wanting to unalive myself, Mm -hmm. like and trying a few times. So it's like that that feeling doesn't last forever. And no matter how negative you're feeling, no matter how dark, everyone else has felt that at Mm. some point. And that's something that you can't necessarily understand or see when you're in that place. Mm. But it was something that I also was told like in therapy by my therapist. It's like, you know, I would rant about all these things about how I was feeling and I don't even know how to change it. And she's like, well, you don't necessarily know how to change it. And she's like, and everybody Mm. else, everyone you know, has maybe not to this level, maybe not this exact way, but they have felt this way. Yeah. And just because you don't see it, especially especially with like social media being as prevalent as it is, it's like people 
people Why? like to put out the best <laughs> version of themselves for the world because everyone is selling something, mm -hmm. especially online. Everyone is selling something, even trying to sell it to their self, mm -hmm. to, the, to their self, to themselves, that they're happy, even if mm -hmm. they're not, you know? We, we have to do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, there are days, like, I'm on OnlyFans and I'm messaging people. I don't want to fucking be doing because I have so much shit going on mm -hmm. and I feel like shit, but I'm not going to be like, hey, person who came to be entertained by me, let me tell you about how horrible I'm feeling today. It's like, no, you're there to entertain. So sometimes you do have to just fake it till you make it, you know? <laughs> like, no, I don't want to hear yeah. about your cock right now, but I'm going to tell you how much I love it because, <laughs> because it's like, and, and it's not like, the oh, moment. I hate the job and I, I hate that, but it's, it's still, at the end of the day, a job and you don't enjoy it every day. You can enjoy even parts of every day, but there are days where you just, you don't feel up to it and I've had those days on set too but you're acting you still have to you still have to perform, put, in, yeah. put in the effort you still have to perform and I do love the job most of the time but there are days that my personal life can affect me in ways that I don't necessarily want to be doing it but I still do it because you just have to keep <laughs> pushing forward because life is long <laughs> yeah I I think for me my self-discover and happiness and like becoming a better version of me in my 20s, early 20s, I was so concerned about what everyone else around me was oh, yeah. doing and thinking. And I was and what like, what do they think of me? Yeah. I'm like, if I get up there and sing karaoke, like, they're going to be like, they're going to think I'm shit. They're going to think this. They're going to oh think that. And then I got to the point where I'm like, everyone's so caught up on what everyone else thinks about themselves. That they don't really give a fuck. You. Yeah. Like, I same thing it's like you go into a situation you have a conversation with someone and then I would leave it and be like oh my god I hope I said the right thing like and I would be obsessing about that conversation or interaction even if however small or however big I obsessed about it mm -hmm. and then it was like reaching a point where it's like that other person probably isn't even thinking about this conversation anymore and if mm -hmm. they are they could be having the same fucking dialogue that you are right now, wondering what, how you perceive them or wondering, you know, if they said the right things or whatever. Like, because for the most part, we're all so just naturally self-absorbed and thinking about ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and it takes effort to not think about yourself because yeah. it's almost kind of like a self-preservation thing, I yeah. think, you know, but that that is such a an unhealthy rabbit hole mm -hmm. to fall down because once you can realize that for the most part, nobody is thinking of you, mm -hmm. It's like, well, then you can kind of focus your attention to thinking about yourself in a positive way, to thinking about, you know, well, not necessarily everything that went wrong in that interaction, but all the other shit that you have going on that you should be focusing on or thinking about or how to, you know, bring yourself out of, of that pit, that like never ending cycle of just mm -hmm. like self-deprecation. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't have to think that you're the shit all the time, but, you know, thinking that you are shit all the time is not helpful. Yeah. Either. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's shit a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I just, I feel like so many people could take so much from learning to just do the things. And I remember even with sexuality and stuff like that, we were always taught we weren't allowed to do anal. My parents, like my mom drilled that into us as kids. She's like, you're never Sorry. allowed to have anal. I'm like, oh. But, <laughs> and like, as I've gotten older, I've realized to just do my own thing and like you sit mm -hmm. in it and you enjoy it. And like the people that really care about you as a person mm -hmm. will be there for you at the end of the day. Yeah. 
And like, if you're with someone and you want to do all this fun stuff and they're not there, like, or they're not at that space, then mm -hmm. you can go do that. You, they don't, you don't need to get exception from your friends. And um, when I first came into porn, a lot of my friends were church orientated and they mm -hmm. still are to this day. I've got a lot of friends that are very high up in churches across Australia. Um, and I always thought they were going to be the first people that were like, fuck you, like, no, like, we can't be friends with you anymore. And I'm, you know, they invite me to Christmas every year. And yeah. the people that are meant to stay in your life and the people that truly care about you and your happiness mm -hmm. will support you regardless of the decisions you make and the paths that you want to take. Yeah. yeah. That's very true because, you know, it's <clears throat> one of those things too where it's like I, nothing in life is permanent. Like, and that's one of the whole things about like change and why change is important. Cause like, if, it's like, if something doesn't grow, that means it's dying, mm -hmm. you know? And so while not every single person is going to be a permanent fixture in your life, they were at your life in a time that you needed them to be for whatever reason that was, whether it was a huge fucking life lesson mm -hmm. or whether it was to help you through that time. And, and those people are also on their own path. Mm -hmm. So they experience their own changes. Mm -hmm. They experience all that stuff. And maybe that causes you to go your separate ways. Mm -hmm. But during the time that they were in your life, that was where you needed to be. And mm -hmm. that was where they needed to be. And you both benefited from each other in one way or another, mm -hmm. whether you look back on it down the road and realize what that benefit was or whether you can see it at the time, mm -hmm. you know, everybody comes to a certain place for a certain reason. Yeah. I remember when I was reflecting <clears throat> on a earlier relationship and I was sort of in the same sort of, like I was sitting there and I was going, it's like, all oh, this is my fault, blah, 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 blah. And then you sort of sit back and like, it was a really shitty end to a relationship. And I could have been that person that's like, fuck my ex, like what a piece of shit. But I'm like, no, I needed to learn that life lesson so I could better myself as a human mm -hmm. and know what to look out for next time. So yes. I'm not in as bad a situation or a worse situation. Yes, exactly. And it's like, and it comes down to that taking personal responsibility as well, because I've said this in regards to my ex, because for everything that I could say or air out, like, I don't feel the need to do that for everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I talk as openly as I can about that situation, um, especially on this podcast and, and with other performers or people that I can see going through similar situations, because I think that it is highly beneficial to, to talk about those things and for people to realize that they aren't necessarily alone in their current situation. But I, I also went into therapy with that mindset of, you know, this person and all these shitty things that they've done to me and all this abuse and trauma that I've experienced is the reason why I hate myself. But I hated myself before I got into that relationship, mm -hmm. which I didn't realize until walking through therapy and unlocking a bunch of things that my <laughs> brain repressed. So it's, it's one of those things where I've forgiven that person. I don't, I no longer blame that person for everything that happened to me or how I am because it was still my responsibility to care about myself enough to leave that situation earlier or to address things or to stand up for myself. And so those are life lessons that I had to learn that have now put me into a much for much more fortunate position to be able to recognize those things and, and other people mm -hmm. and to realize things that I should be avoiding or to not overstretch myself and throw everything I have into a person because I want them to 
reciprocate it because yeah. if they're going to reciprocate it they just are and trust is something that is earned which was something i had to learn <laughs> you shouldn't just trust everybody <laughs> not everybody is here for you you know what i mean like, so but that's all that's all that life is is like a big series of lessons and it's mm -hmm. kind of what we choose to do with those lessons that determines kind of our position in life i think mm. And what yeah. shapes us. Yeah. I think it's really important to grow and it's it, it really is important, I guess, to be able to look back. And even if you feel like you're a victim in the situation or like you feel like it was out of your control, mm -hmm. to be able to pick up on those warning signs and like know for future. And like even now, like with your current partner, mm -hmm. would you guys have been successful if you didn't have all those previous life lessons? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that they're like, I, and like, I, I recommend that everybody try therapy. If you've had any of these kind of negative feelings or doubts or past relationships, because you know, it's not, it's not necessarily that everything is your fault. Mm. There are many people who contribute to the way that you are and the way that you perceive yourself, but it's up to you to care about yourself enough to kind of do something with mm. that. So, but you know, to anybody who's listening and who feels like life is dark and it's going to be this darkness forever, just remember that episode with the float tank. The darkness doesn't last forever. <laughs> eventually there's light and eventually things change, but it's up to you to kind of, like I said, once again, but care about yourself enough to be like, what can I do to make those changes mm. for the future? So... I, so I do a little bit of um, outreach work here in Australia. Mm -hmm. So I, if there's like a sex worker or something that is going through a really rough time, we'll do like check-ins on them and stuff like mm, that. Good. And I think when you're in that really dark place, because 99.9% .9 of people get there, I think we're always sitting there going, you need, this is the end goal. And it's like, sometimes you need to sit in that moment and be like, I'm getting anxiety and that's okay. I'm sad and that's okay. There's a you reason for that. You have to feel your that. feelings. It's not, yeah. it's not like, oh, I need to escape these feelings because you can't escape your own mind. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's, I, I've gotten this from some people like I, everything's bad. I just want to run. It's like, you can't run from yourself mm -hmm. because you're stuck with yourself. So mm -hmm. sometimes you have to sit there, you have to cry, you have to feel those feelings and you have to realize that eventually that will change and yeah. how you feel in this exact moment or this stretch of time is not something that's going to last forever because I spent nearly a decade thinking that exact same thing mm -hmm. and I'm a completely different person than I was it feels like it feels mm -hmm. like I look at how I looked at myself and I looked at life in general during that time period and I'm like that's not even me that's like mm -hmm. somebody else yeah you know Somebody so. that you used to know. Yeah, someone I used to know. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this has been great, though. Yeah. Like, But I think that we want to have some fun and make some more content for you guys. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I need more coffee. So yes. would you like to tell everybody where they can find you? So you can find me on Instagram, Kiara Edwards XX. Uh, Twitter's Kiara Edwards XXO. I'm on the hub. And OnlyFans is Kiara Edwards XO. Amazing. So give her a follow. She's absolutely fantastic. And uh, we're going to go make some content that you guys can find on both of our OnlyFans. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you guys for listening. Um, share with a friend. Share with a performer. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, I would love to be able to, you know, basically share 
the knowledge of other performers, the knowledge that I have, and just everything with everyone from this industry inside and and outside of it as well. So make sure that you guys leave your comments on YouTube if you're watching for the algorithm and leave your voice messages at anchor.fm slash TWND, uh, email submissions at TWNDpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> That was awesome. Perfect. Goodbye, Jamie.